skipper goes through to score Australia's second try. They take it quickly and Hutchison catches them napping. She does it with absolute ease. There goes the best women's player on the planet. Hello everyone and welcome back to 2017. Yes, after a short little break, the Fox Sports Rugby Podcast team have refreshed, recharged and are now ready to rumble into a new year of rugby. Sean Maloney in the house alongside Sam Worthington, Christy Doran and Stephen Hoyles. Fellas, welcome back and what a time of year to get into it again. The Sevens is knocking on the door. It's amazing, isn't it? Like, we've had a, a nice break. We've all had a little bit of time away from rugby, but for me, to, to come back into the sevens and the tens, it's actually a really exciting time of year. I, I can't wait for the weekend. Yeah, Christy's been uh, toiling away manfully while we've been on holidays, guys, covering the, the Big Bash. Uh, you're, you're a big fan of the Big, fa- big Bash, uh, Christy? Uh, in a word, no. You're not? Uh, the summer slog. No, no, I'm not, to be honest. I'm a test man. Okay, so, sums you up. That makes, makes him one of about... A party of one who don't like the big bash. Yeah, and I could kind of figure that, by the way, how high he wears his pants and how tight he wears his belt. Like, <laughs> yeah, he test screams match. test cricket to yeah, me. It's a um, member's outfit, yeah, isn't it? It really we'll is ta- a member's we'll outfit. We'll take a photo take of Take your tie the, off, uh, mate. It's three o'clock on a... <laughs> Do you reckon Chris is the sort of the guy who is in the member's area, and if someone goes past and their shirt's untucked, he goes and says, hey, you've got to, you've got yeah. to tuck your shirt in? I also I, I agree, and I also reckon he's the type of guy that sits there and thinks it's like 1920s and he's hosting radio <laughs> broadcasts every time the bat yep. hits ball he goes pen on paper and then do you reckon he sits here and scores yeah but also I reckon, I also reckon he t- tries to time the when the ball connects with the bat with a little what they used to have on radio yep. wow I've, uh, I've been in the members area with Christy and he uh, got me a pass so I should probably be careful what I say but he's uh, yeah pretty big deal around the, the members ranks and certainly fits in with his, with his clothing what leads me to think also that Christy would yell at people for not tucking their shirts in is I had nine holes of golf at his home club of Manly on Sydney's Northern Beaches last week I hadn't hit my first drive. Not kidding. First drive. I settled into it, get ready to pipe it, and I get yelled at because my shirt had come untucked at the from back. Him? From hey, him? from one of his colleagues down yeah. there, one of his friends. You know what needs to change? Golf etiquette. Golf etiquette and test cricket need to look at the real world and go, you know what, big bash. And you know what was the best thing about golf? It was the 18th hole at the Oakley 18th hole a couple of years back, mm. and they shut it down after one summer. Golf etiquette's gone, mate. Is it time for golf and tennis just to allow the crowd to go nuts? Or this, oh, having, having to, having I reckon tennis. We should look at a version of tennis where you basically just get one game. That's it. <laughs> Knockout. Yeah. It's only Australian Open. And you've got, you've got Nadal, <laughs> Fedra. Even bring back Sam, Sampras could play in this. One game. And they're all sitting there ready to go on like a little... It seems a, a little bit extreme. On a little bus stop set up. No, you lose your game, you're out. Just like ping pong. In and out. Seriously? So in one game, one ticket, you can see 20 of are you serving or returning? It doesn't matter, mate. You flip a coin and you choose. Shh, I'm, not okay. sh- I'm not sure if the Australian Open's broken, to be honest. It seemed to, to go all right how it was. But the one game, the one game, th- the one game theory is interesting. Yeah. One thing I won't budge on in the world of golf etiquette, you've got to wear a polo. You rock up in a T-shirt, you're taking the piss. Just like people who fly in a singlet. Mate, put a T-shirt on. Don't go cutting around in a singlet. Mm-hmm. He's throwing your sweaty arms on my back of my headrest on my, next to me in the plane, you know? Don't yeah, wear a singlet I on the plane. I don't want to go too like, millennial on you, Sean, but like these new age singlets that kind of sing down care, under the ribs, they help with the perspiration, mate. Like it's not all And you're dumping your perspiration on the freaking no, plane seat. there's little perspiration. It's, a sh- it's the T-shirts that promote anyway, more perspiration. Anyway, there'll be some singlets in force this weekend at the Sydney Sevens. It is set to swelter in the Harbour City with the temperatures 
predicted to hit 37 degrees on Sunday. It is going to be brutal. The action kicks off Friday with the women's series rolling into town and we welcome back our Olympic champions, the Australian women's side, who have really soaked up a lot of the PR this week and they've done a good job handling it, fellas. Yeah, interesting you say that. I think uh, they have done a bit of media this week, but uh, they've made a conscious effort to, to strip back some of their commitments and their, their sponsorship, uh, their media events uh, since the first tournament where they uh, were upset by New Zealand. So I think they've admitted they got a little bit distracted by all the hype, and uh, while it's wonderful that the attention's there, they've really focused on the footy, I think, and they're going to be uh, yeah, hot favourites again in Sydney. Well, they didn't actually. I didn't actually think that they were uh, that they were they, they were unfocused in Dubai, fellas. I think it was more a case of New Zealand coming up a level that they hadn't been at in quite some time, and it's shaping up like that will be the case again this weekend. Christy, with New Zealand and Australia looking most likely to push ahead to the Cup final. Yeah, they certainly do. Um, interesting to note a couple of uh, big inclusions for Australia with with Green coming back in and. Uh, um, Vani Polite as well. Exactly. So two two that scored in that Olympic final. Um, big inclusions. Obviously, Emma Tomogato uh, injured and unfortunately misses out. But that that brings a lot of speed and class back into that back line. And uh, the first time that the women are going to be playing an official sevens tournament in, in Sydney. So there's so much inspiration and motivation for the girls to for the women to go in and and, and perform right out in front of their home fans and. Uh, Look, a little cherry on the top. We're, we've been told that if, if they win the, the Sydney Sevens, they get a, a nice little bonus too. Is that from the IOC or the AOC? No, the AOC, Australian Olympic Commission. They get to nominate one tournament that they put themselves up for. If they win that tournament, they get 20000 per player for the year. And it's the AOC's incentive to try and... Uh, Does that tournament athletes. have to be as part of the HSBC Seven Series? It has to, yeah, they can't put like one of like the, the Coral Coast Sevens yeah, or the like Central Coast Sevens. No, I know where you're, I know where you're going here. Smart thinking. Yeah, no, it is. It's just it's money for Jen. It's, it's almost like putting seven grand on Hillary. It's a, it's a, um, it's a hustle. Which Sam Worthington did. Seven yeah. grand now. When's this going to stop? Six just, grand. Um, our colleague Sam Worthington put on Hillary. He sh- Sam didn't have a holiday, but we all did. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's amazing. Uh, 50 cents gets you a, a beer in Cambodia, so I managed to, to have some fun anyway. You had okay. two. Well done. Yeah. Uh, so still with uh, the, sevens. the Sevens. Yeah, look, I think it's fantastic. It was a bit disappointing this week to see the the drama that was unnecessary about them not playing on the main field. I thought in a week that's really honestly we're trying to be really positive about honestly. the game. I don't think you know a lot. There's a lot of negative criticism about rugby at times, and people say they are oh, you have done this wrong. One thing they've done so well over the last three or four years is back the women's sevens program. Mm. They've fought hard to bring the world sevens to Sydney. Destination New South Wales have put in a lot of money, and in every Sean, you're at almost all of these tournaments around the world. Yeah. The girls are missing out on one game on Allianz. They get to play a quarterfinal on Kipax, which is still a good field, mind you. Not just that. Not just that. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I understand. I'll, I'll hang my. I'll put my hand up. I'll cop wear on the chin if I'm wrong. I don't think there's a charge to get into Kipax Oval. I think it's free. No, you're right. So there's another way. There's another way of looking at it. How about we refresh it and have another look? Here is a chance if you want to see the Olympic champions in the flesh. If you don't have the for money free. to attend, yeah. go and watch them for free, and then hang around and watch the other women who are unbelievable across this series do their thing as well. Yep. There are stars from Canada, from England, from Fijiana, from New Zealand. They are unbelievable. These women. So how about we look at it that way? No, you I know? agree. And I didn't like how it was tied into like. 
the t- coach Tim Walsh said this. I spoke to Tim Walsh about that before I went on a, a show at Fox Sports. Tim Walsh was he goes, look, I know the the rules. We'd love to play every game on Allianz. He goes, but the reality is, if we want to do that, we've got to play on Thursday and Friday when people are at work. He goes, we're more than happy. We'll play anywhere. We just want to play for Australia in front of a home. He, it was really disappointing that that's almost tarnishing. These girls are so appreciative of the position they're in, and they get to play. In, if they make the final, how many are going to be there? 35, 40,000? It's going to be jam-packed, exactly. and it ties in beautifully, the timing of the afternoon. So it is a straight mirror, essentially, of what happens in Dubai and what will happen in Vegas as well. The difference being uh, that this tournament, uh, obviously the locals are going to be going absolutely berserk for the Australian side, and... Um, it's 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 going to be massive. That time of the afternoon, the, the Sevens peaks on a Saturday afternoon. Day one is always the biggest because everyone's normally blown out by day two. But twilight, day one, or day two it'll be for the, uh, for the women, day one of the men's, it is just going to be going off and they will love it. It'll be the highlight of the weekend for an Australian fan. And again, I don't think our men will feature in the final. I think that's pretty obvious that they can surprise a few people. But for mine... The women, if they if they do as we expect them, they'll make that final. And to be able to play in front of 40,000, hopefully 40,000 people, that's enormous for these girls. Yeah. A year ago, they played in fr- a three-game friendly against Ireland. And, and even that, the, the, yeah. the buzz that that generated around the SFS. I mean... But we, at the time, I remember sitting there going, oh, these girls are pretty good. Like, I hadn't watched too much of them. and They you, blew the socks off a lot of people. They did. And now they come back this year and they're playing, they're playing for a gold medal and 20,000 grand each. Like... So much at stake for them. Can't wait to see how they go. Yeah, even in Rio, it wasn't uh, capacity crowds, was it? Like the actual crowd that around the world was huge watching on TV, but at the ground, not so much. An interesting story for me and Payton today mm. um, that the girls are actually feeling more pressure to perform here um, in, in a packed house now that they've got uh, you know all these girls looking up to them. They're actually feeling more pressure than they did at Rio when they were so well prepared. And I think deep down they knew they were the, the best and were probably going to win. So yeah, just uh, a, a lot riding on it uh, this weekend at the Sydney Seven. Mentally, though, they don't come much stronger than the Australian women's seven team. Mentally, they are so tough. So I think they'll be fine. But let's get on to the men's. Hoylsey, they struggled last week over in Wellington in front of about eight people. Disappointing crowds. We don't have to go into that too much. But seriously, there was maybe six people there watching on as the Aussies suffered a few more injury setbacks in their play over there before getting bounced by Kenya in their final game of the tournament. It is a young squad who are up against it in Sydney. Yeah, you, you're right. It's a, it is young squad. They've got some injuries. It, it is disappointing because the the games never put. When I say the game, AU's never put so much into the sevens program, and um, it, all of a sudden, forget about the injuries. If we did have everyone back on deck, we'd still be saying it's a rebuilding year, and I don't think that's the way you should treat an international stage. You don't rebuild. So uh, it's been really frustrating. They lost so many players, though. I, I know they, they lost. Rio. They lost a lot of players again, but. Um, it's, I suppose it's the nature of the beast. We've got five Super Rugby sides. Uh, depth is always an issue, even at Super Rugby level. A lot of these guys still um, aspire to play Super Rugby, and the reality of it is, some of them have and haven't managed to stay there. So, it, we're essentially it's the, it's our sixth strength team, really. The sevens, isn't it? It's like it, it's below our fifth Super Rugby side in terms of the pecking order. So, that's exactly the results we're showing at the moment. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Obviously, the women's sports landscape in Australia, the, the sevens is, is more attractive than a lot of the other options for women, but it's not quite the same in, in men's with all the riches on offer and, and other sports. So, yeah, very, very difficult. It is hard to kind of see how they, how they can fight their way up the, the ladder because there's some pretty strong men's programs out there. Did, from Wellington, did you see any, any hope from the youngsters? I like Taylor. I like the young yep, kid. I like Taylor. Really He's finished for the try against Samoa, which 
gave them a bit more life on day two was incredible. Tate McDermott was good as well. Now the youngster, I mean, they're, they are... This is a young got, back row that's come out of the King's school. He's playing at Ramick this year, number eight. He, uh, he got brought in. He's young, he'd be the youngest in the squad. He came in last week. Did he play it. last week? Not sure. I saw his highlights tape the other day on YouTube. Yeah, okay. Mixtape. Yeah, it was amazing. And Henry Hutchison now also has the added responsibility of taking a playmaking role instead of a finishing role. So Andy Friend, their coach, has been forced to rejig a few of their players. He's hoping that they can find a way to try and break through this weekend against... Uh, Chris, you've got the pools there for us. The, the pool yeah, games do, that the mate. Australian men's sevens team have read as this... They've got New Zealand, Scotland and Papua New Guinea, Papua New right? Guinea, and it's New Zealand that they're going to kick off with, which is it's just staggering. If you take it just back 12 months ago, you think Australia, New Zealand in the final and Australia within a second or second. two, one player, of mm-hmm. the ga- one player of the game away from winning their first tournament in a long time. Both these two teams have just... It's, it's amazing, the turnaround. Look at New Zealand. There's only, there are four debutants to their squad this weekend. Um, only a, a one or two of them surviving from the previous year. So um, it, it's going to be interesting. I was talking to you just before we came on the podcast. Scotland, uh, they're going to be a very tricky opponent. And, and they're, uh, you, you were saying, Scotty, that, um, that, Shawnee, that you think Scotland is probably even stronger than New Zealand this year. I think so. I think across the board, they've got experienced players. They've, they've kept the majority of their of their squad from last year. A few of them popped up with Great Britain. I think one or two of them uh, in that Great Britain side. So they had their breakthrough series win last year against South Africa in London. They've got great pace across the field as well. Terrific pace, Scotland. And, and they've, they've been playing some great sevens footy. So I think it is fair to say... That Scotland uh, in a better in a better place overall at the moment than the New Zealand seven side. Yeah, they come into the tournament ranked top of that pool for a reason. They, they've performed and uh, I think they're fifth at the moment. New and Zealand, that, you know New what? Zealand they weren't close to rolling Fiji last week in Wellington. Scotland yeah. almost rolled Fiji. They were up at half time and then uh, just couldn't get it to go in the second half. It's interesting, like you know, you say that, that we're re- rebuilding. It looks like New Z- almost everyone is rebuilding after the Olympics year because. So many of the top players want to try and except get... Except for South Africa. Yeah, except for South Africa, because they run a completely different independent program. We, we actually went over there myself in uh, when the Wallabies played. They went and had a look at the South African 7 setup. It's amazing. It's a really good setup they've got in Stellenbosch there. Um, I think the difference is, like, the, the Kiwis are rebuilding, the Aussies are rebuilding. But at the same time, so too are a lot of the other sides, and we're just a little bit behind where we... So when we say we're rebuilding, everyone's rebuilding. We probably just haven't, you know, haven't put the players in the right position over the last sort of. Is it two, is it largely months. because we we haven't had, like obviously when we lost Louis Holland to injury, we haven't had another playmaker come through over the last couple of years, have we? No, that's a fair point, and I think Louis, well, which forces James Stenard, Chucky Stenard, to do a lot of it. Yeah, and when you mentioned Henry Hutchinson in a mm-hmm. playmaking role, that's not where he yeah. sees himself. Like he's, I saw him a really good video on Henry yesterday, he said he's have to t- having to take a leadership role while he admits he's still a rookie himself. So He's 19. Yeah, he's 19, the, yeah. He's got the third most caps in the squad now. And he's, a, and he's a finisher, that's yeah. the thing. He's a great finisher. I just hope we don't put him in the middle of the field and expect him to run the show for us when he's still our best out-and-out finisher. Yeah. Is there anything, anything tactically these guys can do as an underdog team to, to maybe crack some of these top teams have you noticed anything about their tactics that could be improved well I guess that's the I guess that's the beauty of it guys cattle dog <laughs> <laughs> I hope we see cattle dog on bomb, maybe first, first scrum just three on three 
Just Cal come up. day two when Hoylesey plays against the classic <laughs> Fijians side, the classic Wallabies up against the classic Fijians, being broadcast yeah. as well. So that'll be uh, on the TV. Lottie Dikiri, or Lotte Tengiri, if you want to get it right. He's, He's captain of Australia. Captain of Australia. With Ricky Samo, captain in Fiji. Uh, oh, it's going to be awesome. Look, I can't wait. What I'm really concerned it. about that is I spoke to the Fiji manager yesterday. I've been working with him trying to organise, organise this game. And they're meeting Friday and they're doing a training run on Saturday, the Fijians. And he, he said, are you guys training? I said, no. He said, we've had a request from every player to have a training session. I said, I've had the exact opposite. <laughs> I've, had, I've had guys say, how long does it go for? Okay, put me down for three or four minutes. So there could be Fiji versus no one oh, after two or three minutes to go. Oh, just be, is Vunabaka playing? Vunabaka's playing. And oh, he's the scariest luck. looking man in world rugby. Vunabaka's playing. Yeah. Who, are you, who are you tipping to stand out for the classic Wallabies apart from yourself, mate? There's some illustrious names. Julian Huxley's playing, isn't he? Oh, look, Burgess is playing. Uh, Adam Fry well. won't stand out. Uh, he certainly won't. I think you'll find Mark Gerrard's, he's still playing in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, Pete Miller, he's always in good nick. Yeah, he's you know, he's, good he nick. was our, one of our most successful sevens players mm-hmm. of all time, Pete Miller. Uh, so we've got him, yeah. Second all-time point scorer for Australia, yeah. Peter Miller. Gerard so. for the Barbarians last year. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, okay, so that's Saturday, Sunday afternoon, rather, the Classic Wallabies against the Classic Fijians. So back to your point, where though, uh, in terms of mixing up tactics, well, you know what? Coach Andy Friend knows a thing or two more about doing that than I do, so I'm just going to let him. I'm just going to let him try and manage their way through that pool, and he's hoping that the boys can get through for the Aussies and the locals to give them something to cheer in the cup draw on day two. But it does look like they will most probably go through against Fiji, I believe, in that quarter final on Sunday. So that's sevens this weekend. Big news this week with Ben Barber being tossed into the world of rugby union after choosing not to sit out his 12 weeks away from the NRL with the Sharks and instead will head to the south of France with Toulon. What did you guys make of this? Two point, uh, reportedly, 2.5 million Aussie for three years. Yeah, well, I mean, the, I was certainly surprised uh, when I saw the initial news of, of you know, when it was look like, looking like he was going to play just half a season in Toulon, um, I thought that w- was surprising. But, uh, you know, it made sense, didn't it, that he'd, he'd just serve out his ban there and then come back to the NRL. But the fact that Toulon are willing to commit $2.5 million and make him one of the world's top 10 highest paid rugby players despite not having played the game, it's just extraordinary. And I think Toulon, uh, their, their owner might be losing the plot a bit here. I mean, this is this is pretty insane really when you when you look at it and it's um, the second league bloke signed in a, a matter of months they get, they're losing the likes of uh, Matt Gitto who steer that team around they're not actually winning the comp anymore despite having the highest payroll in world rugby I, I can't see this ending well to be uh, to be brutally honest yeah that's a fair summary of it I think uh, I agree Sam that, that from what you hear over there is that they've probably passed their peak they dominated France and Europe for two years two three years yep. and you know anyone who knows that Super Rugby, you look at how hard Super Rugby and NRL top 14 premiership to get to the top is really hard. To stay up there and, and go back to back is so hard. So they've done really well. But you're right, they've thrown out ridiculous money on people that are tried and untested. And, and I know that that's the type of money that Ben Barber for his young family almost has to, he has to say yes to. But if you're a club owner, you're prepared to spend that sort of money on someone who's never played the game. And not only that, He's a small guy, which a lot of small guys still succeed. There's no drama about that. Tiny by rugby standards, right? But they all the the ones that succeed, like are the ones that know the game, because at the breakdown, it's it comes down to a sheer force. So you can be in great position if you don't have timing and and technique spot on. You get blown off the ball. You you don't 
you don't recycle your own ball and you can't actually help your own team recycle when you chase in. So I'm, I'm really surprised by this. I don't think France is the place you want to go to learn your rugby. Matt Giddo's a small guy. He went to them after a 12-year international career. He was a superstar of the game. So yeah. No, but money. Carmichael Hunt went okay. Yeah, Carmichael when he transitioned to French Rugby Union, he actually went okay. He played yeah, he played Barrett, least, didn't he? Yeah. And he played in the 10-12 position, I led to believe. I can't see Barber playing in the front line. 10's too hard. He's not big enough to play 12 or 13, so... Toss him at 15. Fi- but that is so hard to... They've, 15. Got, half, they've got half Penny and Gora Murray there. Like, what are they doing? It doesn't, mm. doesn't make any yeah. sense. Well, half, penny, half Penny's reportedly possibly going back to, to, to Wales, so... Yeah. Yeah. I just think to be so hard at the position 15 or wing, like, that is different to rugby league. Rugby league on the fourth tackle, wingers drop yeah. back, fifth and fullback in league, they're constantly back. But you tactically, if you're out of place as a fullback in rugby union at a good level... Good players, good five eights, make you look silly all day. They just plug corners, they turn you around, and I just can't see it working. I'd, I'd love to see him play rugby. I'd love to see him playing this weekend for the Aussie Sevens. He'd be a superstar in that. But who Ben Barber? Yeah, he's just not going to get the money. His, there. his brother had a crack at making the Aussies. It was Seven. his brother. It wasn't Ben. I saw it was reported that his brother that he had a go, wanted to. Get, it was ben, his brother. It was Marion Barber. Ben was apparently he's pretty very good. Close though, he was good, league. mate. Yeah. He was really good. He was a good Queensland then he sort of, player in rugby league. He sort of slipped out the back door off the back of at, around this time last year. But um, yeah, I saw him cut round with the Thunderbolt side, and he was he was sharp. Yeah. Ben Barber apparently was very close to he having, was. A, having a crack at the Olympic squad. Thought thought pretty hard about that for the sevens, but okay. uh, yeah, opted against it and obviously worked out with the Sharks. Yeah, interestingly, I just spoke to Matt Rogers, got off the phone to him, and he was saying that look, I reckon fullback is a an easier position to learn than than the wing. But yep. he said, look, France is one of the hardest competitions in the world. He he said that he almost went over there himself towards the end of his career but said not the intensity is going to be too difficult and that's the reason why he did long slog over well that there. club's really hard too I think so Mike Ford Cockrell the former Leicester and England the England player and Leicester coach who's pretty uh, pretty tough coach and Mike Ford who was the former Bath coach they've all gone there so they've been sacked from their clubs in the premiership gone over but at the same time you've got this owner and this is where it makes life so hard you've got an owner who oversees it all and just comes in when he feels like it because he's paying the money and makes these decisions on the football program when he's not a rugby player he's a businessman he's made huge reading between the lines from some of their players Toulon players social media today all doesn't seem to be very well over there just reading between the lines holidays reading between the lines translating the Google Translate French well no No, Google Translate Australia. Yeah. Um, <laughs> reading a former Wallabies tweets today, I was like, "Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't seem to check out." When you've got Beaujolais come out, he sprayed Manonu when he first got there for not performing up to scratch. He sprayed Quade Cooper. Um, you know, th- these guys are international rugby stars. Like, there's going to be so much pressure on Barber with that pay packet, and yeah, you've got to take that money, don't you? Like, like you say, as young family, you've got to take that money. But he's going to be under so much pressure now to to live up to that pay packet so you just hope it doesn't all end in tears but uh, yeah it's hard to I ne- say I'll never it? never knock never ever knock anyone having a crack at rugby and I hope he hope he goes well but do you think he will see out the duration of his contract with Toulon I can see Horsey shaking his head and yeah I no, how, long do you, how long do you give it Oh, I'd, I'm not sure how long I give it. I don't think you'll see. I'm not even sure. What two and a half seasons? I don't well, think you get through the, the end of the second season. You don't reckon? Oh, okay. Do, you know how what? many caps do you think you'll finish with with Toulon? Do you reckon over or under thirty? Under thirty. Wow. Yeah. In the main team, yeah. oh, you know what I've got a problem with here. Um, again, I'll say I don't think the play manager is doing the right thing by a, young, a player of Ben Barber's standard to put him in this position. He could get paid really well in the NRL if he wants to play rugby and you want to play it well. Go to England. 
Go and learn in Australia. You get good money in England. There's good clubs. There's good setups. You're not going to get the coaching in France. Although there's a lot of Aussies there, they speak English on the field. You're not going to get the right setup to learn maybe rugby. It's, maybe it's completely just... life changing money, though, isn't it? That sets you up for life. Two point five million. But he, I reckon he could get that in England. I think the money in England, the new TV rights deal that's coming out there. That's true. I would certainly be advising him to go to an English speaking country and a country and a club that's got a really good program and someone that's going to dedicate you almost need a full-time coach for Ben Barber yeah. you need to teach him what a breakdown is you need to teach him how to hit a line off a line out when you've won at the front or the back of a line out the game is so complicated and it's not easy to learn the, the other thing I think with just forgetting a little bit on this is actually Ben Barber the person like he's had a lot of difficulties he's gone to three different clubs he's had what depression issues he's had gambling kind of stuff like there is a point, and what's he doing going to France yeah. away from a supportive environment and network? Maybe he needs to. Well, I to spoke get to out. Drew Mitchell recently. One of the things he missed most about being in France was poker machines, so there's a bonus. There's no poker <laughs> machines over there. Interesting. Yep. Yep, there you go. <laughs> maybe, he's looked into it. maybe he's looked into it further yeah. than we thought, guys. <laughs> Thanks for oh, I hope he, I hope he, I mean, you can't do he's anything a, but wish. He's a brilliant player to watch, isn't oh, he? Yeah. He was amazing yeah. for the Sharks, and I, yeah, I think. It's really sad when you see someone have a few struggles in the game, get back to his absolute best, win a comp and do something remarkable for the Sharks, have a little off-field indiscretion, certainly don't condone that. But you, I don't pure th- sporting terms. Yeah, yeah. You should see him, let him. I'd just love to see him finish the way he deserves and I think that's probably in the NRL going down as one of the most exciting players we've seen. So you reckon, so what was the line I set? 35 games? Over, no, 30 games, 30 over games. under. You reckon under? under? Yeah. Christy? I'm gonna, I'll go 50. You reckon he'll go over 30 games, Toulon, yeah. in his career there? Yeah, I'd go under as well. Okay. Yeah. 30, they play a lot of footy play, in France. They play, they play almost a lot twice of footy. a week sometimes. Almost twice a week, around 40 games a year, three years, 120, so you don't reckon he'll play a quarter of the games in the top flight team? I just think he'll miss it and he'll go, you know what, I, so I actually I love playing on a Sunday at Shark Park. How good was that? I want to go back and do but that. But now there's the issue as well is that if he comes back, he's still got to sit those 12 weeks out before he can go back to playing rugby league. Yeah. That's the issue. That's amazing. That's what I mean. You just think, is this just a really rash decision because he's got a 12-week suspension? A bit like when the Tigers lost Blocker Roach in the late 80s in the finals and they tried to send him to England to serve his suspension and found a loophole in their uh, New South Wales Rugby League at the time said, no, nah, that doesn't count anymore. They stopped that rule. I don't Just serve your suspension. You did the wrong thing. Cronulla are trying to support you. I've heard that. They want him to stay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not going to ask you um, for an answer around this, Halsey. I'll ask these two. Do Was the decision a right one from a um, tournament perspective not to have Ben Barber play in the Brisbane 10s next week? Because that's what we're going to talk about next. Yeah, I think it was. Um, yeah, it, it's not It's not the worst, probably, offence of all time, um, what, what he's setting out for. But um, yeah, I guess you've got to stick by the, the, the precedent of another sport, and it's probably good for... Relations between the codes. The shoe, shoe might be on the other foot shortly, and um, yeah, it's you can certainly argue it either way. But I'd say they have done the right thing. Yeah, oh, I tend to agree. Yeah, I think we were talking about it a little bit earlier. I think so. Look, the reality is that uh, I think you've seen a lot of hate to, from union and a league at times, and I think it's a it's a good thing. 
Yep, he would have been good in tens though. I tell you what, with a bit of space, Ben Barber would have been hard to pin down in a game. Would have been a good little first taste of rugby for him, wouldn't it? Yeah, would have been a good introduction. But we will not see him there. Uh, Let's just wrap up some of the major signings, the major announcements for the Brisbane Global Tens next week on Fox Sports and at SunCorp Stadium. Guys, Lotte Tengiri in the mix. We just heard from Halsey that he'll play in the Classic World. Be seven seen this week. Superb. Next week he's back again for the Waratahs. Had a chat to him over in Fiji the other week, Big LT, and uh, it's been a while since he's done any contact work. He looks fit. I, I always forgot, I mean, I forget how big Lotte Tengiri is. Lotte Tengiri is enormous. Yeah. He's a winger. Yeah. That guy was massive, Halsey. You played against him and with him. Yeah. He was huge. Yeah, he was big enough to play in the second row. He was just... Um like a lot of the Fijians, they just don't carry a huge amount of fat. They just everything they've got on them is hard chiselled muscle. We call it granite. You know, he was yeah. a part of the granite fifteen. Yeah, Jerry Collins was always known as the captain of that granite fifteen. And yeah, Lottie, uh, I think it's fantastic. I'm so glad he's. We spoke about this uh, last year in a podcast about who we could have back, and I said I'd love to have Lottie. You got him. I, th- I thought he's fantastic. He's a Brisbane boy, but he played all his footy at the Waratahs. And I think it's great that we still get to keep these guys involved in the game. And, you know, it'll be, it'll be a buzz. Look, you know, I'm being honest. If I'm a Queensland Reds player, um, say I'm Tongan Thor and Chris Latham rocks up, that'd be such a buzz for me. Yeah, Same definitely. thing with Lottie. Nick yep. Phipps and Lottie Dekiri, like the guys that haven't played with him or they may or may not, but like th- these guys are really good team men. And I think it's fantastic that um, they're still involved in the game. Morgan Tuanui is playing for Melbourne. Were I'm, you, were I'm really concerned for his welfare, to be yeah. honest. Um, because you holidayed with Morgan I did holiday with him, yeah. And you weren't impressed with his condition? Oh, mate, he, look, put it this way. He wasn't on a strict diet of any such when we were on holidays <laughs> over summer. Um, but yeah. he'll do what he did throughout his career. He's smart enough to work out when to get when involved, to be when there not and when to. not to be there. Yeah. Well, Jeez, he had good hands, Morgan Trunoy. Yeah, you yeah. obviously haven't been retired enough to get a call up. Oh, a little bit of movement this morning, Lindsay. <laughs> a little bit of movement, and that, that's not talking about when I woke up. Um, <laughs> no, look, I'm I'm going to play in the classics game on the weekend, and, and that'll do me. I'm up there with Fox Sports, so. Uh, I'd love to He's play, but I'm a Tars man, and I played for the Brumbies as well. So. Who, who are you most looking forward? Which retired great? Who are you most looking forward so to? So our options are Andrew Walker. Oh, that'd be amazing. Stephen Larkham. Yep. Chris Latham. Lottie Tengiri. Who else are the... Morgs. And Morgan. And who the four, Scott? No uh, one at No one yet. They're still shopping. I think they're getting yeah. pretty des- <laughs> desperate by the time. I think they're, the think they're very desperate based on a <laughs> text <laughs> message <laughs> I received this morning. <laughs> <laughs> very classic. Sean, you might get a phone call soon. <laughs> well, I've spent enough time there. You've done a lot of great calls over I've there. I've spent enough time there. I'd be happy to play alongside John O'Lance. <laughs> yeah, it's been a, uh, a mixed bag, the announcements for the 10s. Um, a bit of controversy across the ditch with the, the teams that New Zealand have rolled out, and they haven't named any current top line All Blacks, which it, it is a shame. Somewhat understandable. It's a long season, but um, I mean, uh, these guys were getting used in the promotion weren't they Jerome Kano Damian McKenzie well, that was a thing I didn't realise that was what was going to happen I so thought they were locked in low the Izzy Dag they all wanted McKenzie to, they all wanted to play but New Zealand Rugby's come in late and said no right, okay. so but you know really what? misled the public unfortunately yeah they have but I, can, I look at the New Zealand Rugby's point of view and that's why the All Blacks are so strong because they have a it's dictated have from a, the top yeah, down yeah dictated from the top they've got the ability to do that and they've got such a strong players union and they've got these things in place the fact that they get I think it's 10 weeks of no games after the end of your tour we need to look at that as players. We need yeah. to be able to say to our best players, you're not playing the first four rounds of Super Rugby. And if that means that Izzy Folau and Bernard Foley come back in round four or limited minutes in round two, three and four, 
they come back a little bit more energised. And the guy that's been in their place for those two games, he gets more experience, so therefore we're increasing our depth. I, I just think we really need to look at giving our best players a bit more time off similar similar to the All Blacks. A couple of points on that, though. Like, you look at the Australian sides, uh, clearly Izzy Flowers playing a, a couple of the other real guns, but you look at Michael Hooper, Bernard Foley, those blokes aren't playing. So yeah. there's a lot of Australian Wallaby talent that isn't going to actually be a part of it. Yep. But great opportunity for the younger guys, the fringe blokes who are trying to get a, a position in that starting 15. So it's a, it's a super opportunity. I think we're going to all see some phenomenal rugby up there. Yeah, Toulon, uh, Toulon's missing Ben Barber, but they've got some real freaks in their team. Um, obviously, Drew and um, I've forgotten the other Australian that's coming out. James O'Connor. Say, James O'Connor. And then, obviously, uh, Toy Lange, the giant Samoan um, winger, and uh, Jose Tuasova, the Fijian Olympic gold medalist. Oh, Joshua Tuasova. He, he's, he's my it, player to watch for the whole tournament. He's incredible. Yeah, yeah he's he's next level, that bloke. Yeah. So he, he is gonna next level. They all speak people. so highly of him, the Toulon boys. Yeah. They just say this bloke's amazing. He's a beast. Yeah. Goromari's coming out as well, so yeah, Toulon will be great to the watch. The backs are good. I didn't, didn't recognise any of their forwards. No, no, not, yeah, like, no. not one. No. Did, like, just not one. Yeah. You might as well just throw me yellow pages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Yeah, yeah, no, but you think if, 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 backs. if it's tens and... Yeah, get, that's true. I just hate to be... Imagine like imagine Morgs just run down the short side trying to get a bit of a breath and big Toulangi just... <laughs> Come steaming down him. Can you imagine? Uh, uh, 2010, was it? At Samoa. Samoa. When he, when he did, ripped, just ripped Davies. Australia apart yeah. on his own. Yeah. Oh, I really actually hope that happened. He almost yeah. killed Mark Gerard that day. Yeah. And Rod Davies. No, truly. Yeah, no. yeah. Hey, look, yeah. Mark Gerard almost died. Is Rod Davies still alive? Has he been, has he been Rod signed Davies. since that day? He's the Force's new uh, signing for the 10s, mate. That's what I'm hearing. Rocket Rod, Rod Davies. Davies. There we go. Yeah, he could, yeah, play, he could go real good in 10s. That could work. All right, guys. We'll leave it there for this week. We've got to get uh, ready, Horse. We've got to start prepping up. So too do you, Sam and Chrissy, as we get set to cover off every single game of the Sydney Sevens, and I mean every single game. Women's included for the first time ever ever in the history of the HSBC Women's World Series. We are going to broadcast every single game. So on day two, that being Saturday, the men's will be on one channel, the women will continue to tick away on another, and it will all culminate with cup finals on the Saturday afternoon for the women's and Sunday afternoon for the men's. Guys, uh, a quick tip from you on who wins Sydney this weekend, men's and women's, and then I'm going to give you a couple of players to watch. On the spot. Okay, I'll go Australia in the women's. Not exactly going out on the limb there, but I'll, I'll have a stab at a, a roughie in the men's. Maybe England. Why not England? There's sure, handy side. yep. Uh, Australia, Fiji. I know that they were pretty... In, uh, there wasn't much discipline in those couple of games against South Africa last time, so I think they'll clean up their act and be okay. I'm going to go Australia in the women's, and I'll throw in Scotland. I think they're due. They've been top okay. four for a while. Yeah, right. I'm hearing good things about them. I think they're going to... You know, it's very hard to win back-to-back tournaments. We see that. I just mm-hmm. think Scotland might just pip yeah, them. Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, I, I hope it's Fiji in the men's if it's not the Aussies. But I'll, go, I'll go Australia to win the women's. M. Cherry to be player of the tournament in the women's. And the men's, I'm going to go Fiji as well. Same as you, Chris, the bounce back. I want to give you a player to watch this weekend. Joeli Lutumalangi, who is around six foot five, The number 11 for Fiji. The 11 Fiji covers... The 100 in about 11 seconds and is just a weapon. Back after a layoff due to injury. He will kill it this weekend. Jolly Lutu Mailangi. And also, uh, Sabello Sinatla will play his last sevens game for some time. He's moving into Super Rugby, which is a shame because the player of the tournament from Wellington is an 
absolute freaky burns Gas. the turf. Which uh, Super Rugby club? Uh, Blue Stormers. He's off too. Yeah, so Bello set up to the Stormers. There's another so, one as well going over. Yeah, there are some really good cattle in that Blitz Pocket team up across the entire <laughs> weekend, guys. Thank you so much. Great to be back. Thank you as well for dialing back into the Fox Sports Rugby podcast. We've missed you. We hope you've missed us, and we'll see you all again on the other side of the Sydney Sevens.